defeated death. Exclamation mark. Defeated death. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And we lift up these needs and these requests to you this morning. It's in Jesus' name. Say it with me. In Jesus' name. Say, you reign. It's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We just, we just pause, trusting he's heard us. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Would you show your appreciation to the worship team this morning? Um, I, I see them every, every week, so they, they bless us every Wednesday when we're gathered upstairs, so it's great to share them. I'm sharing them with you today, so this is good stuff, but uh, thank you for leading us to our King in worship this morning. All right, what we want to do is this. I want to encourage you to just go around, shake a hand, say good morning, um, shake the hand of a young person who's here, get to know them a little bit. If you're online with us, we're glad you're here. We'll get into God's Word in just a little bit. Good morning. Look at Welcome everybody. Glad you're here this morning. If I don't stop you, you'll never stop and we'll just go right into lunch and so uh, it's good to see everybody here this morning. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's it um, as uh, as you're seated. Um, it must be Youth Sunday because nobody's actually listening to the person in front. This is how I feel with my children pretty much every day of my life. Just uh, or you did you say something, Dad? Were you talking? Were you were you? But we're glad that you're here. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. I've got to have that pasta for the spaghetti dinner. It's right after church. It's at 11, 15 or so, 5 bucks, 20 bucks. For it. Give me that. Give me that. $20 a family. There we go. There. Too much fun. As if you couldn't smell it when you walk through the door this morning, we are having a spaghetti lunch, and it is going to be awesome and exciting, and uh, it's going to raise a lot of money for your young people. We want you to come. Be a part of that right after the service. Also, can I have the parents' attention just real quickly? Uh, all the parents that have uh, children in children's ministry today, because they, they're upstairs, you'll pick them up in room 205. So all the parents... You pick up your children in room 205 and then come on down for spaghetti lunch. It's going to be a great day as we just celebrate and raise a lot of money for young people. There's also a bake sale out there uh, and then a, a silent auction for some, uh, some different furniture for our kids' pantry. There are so many things here today. Uh, it's going to be a great day in the house of the Lord. Normally I ask uh, who doesn't have a bulletin, but uh, because of the crowds uh, last night and this morning, 
we've run out of bulletins. So uh, your bulletin is very precious. And so if you have one, hold on to it or, or maybe sell it to a neighbor or put it on eBay real quickly. I don't know. Maybe somebody will buy it. But um, if, you, if, you're, if you were blessed enough to get a bulletin when you came in, would you please fill out the communication card? We need everybody to fill that out. And just let us know you're here. We're so glad uh, that you're here this morning, but just fill that out. Need any information about the church, just mark it down, and we'll go ahead and uh, get that to you. And uh, again, thank you for being a part. As always, put down your prayer requests. God is answering prayer in big ways. I heard another answer to prayer this morning. I saw an answer to prayer this morning when I watched Jim Hammond walk into church without a walker today. And uh, if you knew where... Yeah. If you knew where Jim was just a few, uh, few months ago and where he's at today, that is a flat-out miracle. And I also heard today that he is diabetes-free, and uh, we're just going to keep believing that the kidneys come back and everything. I'm telling you, um, God answers prayer. So if we can pray for you, you let us know. You write that down right now, and there's going to be an army of prayer people praying for you uh, with the staff, with the pastors, with our Wednesday night prayer. So please write that down and let us know how we can pray for you. Also inside your bulletin is your uh, March calendar. We're going to give to the Lord now. You can get your, uh, uh, just your offerings ready at this time. And let me tell you something that really upset me a few weeks ago. And uh, I haven't talked about it, but I'm going to talk about it today because I think it needs to be addressed. You probably saw it on the news or maybe on the internet. A, a few weeks back, a pastor went out to eat. He brought 20 people with him, and when the bill came, they had put an automatic gratuity onto the bill for 18%, and he scratched it out and wrote zero and said, I only give God 10%, why should I give you 18? And he left nothing for the server. And uh, I just want to say that that is wrong. And, And the reason it's wrong is because God calls us in our life to be generous. And, and we, when we name the name of Christ, we should be the most generous people on the face of the earth. And that somebody that is serving you dinner, that's how they make their living and pay their bills and take care of their children. And so when you go out and you name the name of Christ, and, and even if you don't think you're naming the name of Christ at dinner, you are because of who you are. I want you to leave a big tip and be generous. And, and it, I think it hurt me because it was a pastor that did that. And they did it in the name of the Lord. And that's wrong because God calls us to be generous. And we're, we're gonna, I know that so many of you are going to be generous right now as you give. I know that many of you now give electronically and online in different ways. And I want to say thank you for your generosity. I know many of you are going to be generous today when we go and we have spaghetti and there's a little basket on the table and you leave something for the kids because all the money that's raised helps them go to the Ascension Convention. You're going to be generous when you, when you bid on items out there or you buy something from the, the, the cupcake table. And you're, you're going to be generous with our kids' pantry because that's what we're called to be. God gave you the air that you breathe, the sun that was shining when you woke up, and the opportunity to gather together and worship him in freedom. God gives us so many blessings upon blessings upon blessings. He is generous with us. We are called to be generous with everyone around us. And just as as that server supports their family through tips, the kingdom of God supports what we do through your giving and your faithful giving. And so God uses what you give to transform lives. So I'm going to ask whether you're in church or out church, wherever you are, be the most generous people on the planet, because that's how our God is. Amen? Amen. All right. And, uh, and if you're super generous, tell them you go to Christian Life Church, okay? That's what I, that's what I want. All right. Um, today, we have many different ushers, men and women from Ignite. So come on down. We're going to receive our, our offering and welcome them as they come. And, uh, all right, guys, ready? Let's pray. God, we just thank you uh, for your goodness to us, and Lord, you are so generous. Uh, Lord, forgive us when we, when we <laughs> just hurt your name by our lack of generosity, but God, we want to be generous people, whether it be for the kingdom or when we step out in this world. God, we want to be generous, and, and Lord, now is just that opportunity to worship you, and so we worship you 
now as we give. God, we can't wait to see what the young people have in store for us for the rest of the service. And so, God, our hearts are wide open to receive from you uh, from here on out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. During the offering, we're going to have a dramatic presentation by uh, Ignite, and, uh, and then Pastor Mike is going to come and uh, minister the word. So get ready to receive.
Good stuff, good stuff. Excellent. Excellent job uh, to our drama team. So, man. What I want to do is this. Before I would kind of share this morning, I want to recognize my team that makes Ignite possible so that uh, we can uh, minister to your kids. So what I want to do is uh, bring all the leaders down, um, our leaders, our student leaders, our interns. If you guys just want to kind of come down and kind of form a line here, Pastor Daryl's got a microphone, so where are you? Come this way. I'd like them just to kind of let them know, let, have them tell you their names, what they're doing currently with Ignite, their involvement, and how long you've been involved with Ignite. I just think it's important that you see the faces of the, of the men and women who make Ignite possible. Um, I can tell you that coming into... This, uh, this position as youth pastor here last fall, I mean, without this team, this would have been a complete train wreck. I mean, bottom line, like train wreck, off the rails, holy cow. So I just appreciate these guys. So I'm not going to talk anymore for a little bit. I want them to tell you who they are and share a little bit. So My name's Candice. I've been a youth leader for 15 years. Yeah. And um, right now I lead the worship team and the eighth grade girls discussion group. My name's Kelly. I've been coming to CLC for 10 years now. The last four, I've been a youth leader. I'm also a senior at Christian Life College. I'm Pastor Mike's intern for this semester, and I run the Welcome Center alongside Joel. Hello, I am Erica. I have been a leader for a good uh, seven or eight years, I think. Too long. But I love them. Um, but I do the snack bar. And um, I also help Catherine lead the student interns, who the, which are the high, uh, the high school seniors who graduated last year that are interested in becoming leaders for the youth group. Um, we kind of mentor them and kind of lead them into that, that role of being an adult leader. So anyways, and then I also uh, lead the sophomore through senior high girls small group. I'm Nessa, and I have a small group of eighth grade girls, just like Candace. And I've been going to Ignite for seven years, and I also help Kelly and Joel with the Welcome Center and on the worship team. Yeah. I'm Nick. Um, I was a student until last year, and now I'm an intern. Um, I'm an intern with Candace on the worship team, play drums, and um, been going to Ignite for a while. Yeah, I like Ignite. <laughs> cool. My name is Latif. Uh, I've been going to Ignite for seven years. Um, I'm an intern alongside these guys. Um, I'm on the dance team with Courtney. She's our like mentor. She's a dance leader, and uh, I love Ignite. My name is Joel. Uh, I've been a leader here. It'll be uh, two years in April. Um, I I help Kelly along the Welcome Center. Um, also, a little bit of everything else, um, as far as our small group goes, I'm with the high school guys, um, and so kind of just, you know, set an example uh, as much as I can, and yeah. I'm Tyler. I'm an intern with these people up here, and uh, I also help out Joel with that eighth grade uh, boys small group, um, try to be an example to the kids as, uh, as much as I can. But uh, it's crazy how they could be such an example to you, too. And uh, I'm very uh, grateful and thankful for everyone at the church, and Catherine and Erica especially, because they've done so much work in my life. And the other interns, um, they're, they're going to be modest, but they're awesome. Hi, I'm Catherine. Um, I've been a leader for like five years. I was a student, so I've been here for a long time. But um, I help Erica run the snack bar, and I do fundraising, and I actually I help Erica with interns, and I 
do the small group with the sophomore high school girls. Go girls. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Courtenay. Um, I actually uh, run the soundboard. Uh, I teach fuel on Sundays. So when your kids leave on Sundays, they go upstairs with me and learn about Jesus. I am the small group leader for freshman girls. And I'm coming up on my third year being a leader uh, next month. And I also was a student here. So I couldn't leave Ignite. I'm really passionate about what I do. So is everyone else. Everyone's so awesome. I'm just going to say that because I'm the last person. But they're so passionate about what they do. And I hope you guys can really see the passion behind Ignite and the foundation that Mike, Pastor Mike stands on is just it's such an awesome team, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. I, I want to maybe recognize some people who are here who in last fall were, were helping out with, um, with Ignite. And so if they just want to. The other one doesn't like me? Okay. Um, I want to recognize two or maybe three leaders that are kind of scattered about the sanctuary here this morning that were helping out again last fall. Chris Byers, Christopher Byers. Is Chris, where is Chris? He's with the kids. Well, some of you know Chris Byers, some of you don't, but um, I just want to recognize him as well for his help. Uh, he was, I know, been pretty dedicated to Ignite. He's getting more involved with the prayer service now on Wednesday nights. You probably see him up here on the worship team. Uh, Christopher and Elizabeth Brown, if you guys just put a hand up, kind of wave. Hi, there you go. They, um, like, we miss you guys, man, because they were helping out last fall. The first Wednesday I came here to kind of just watch things as the new guy, they were here the same night. So they're asking me questions about stuff. I'm like, I'm clueless. I don't know what's going to happen here. But they were helping us out last year as, um, as student leaders and leading our discussion groups. So I appreciate their service uh, to that, so for sure. So I want to recognize them too. Um, let me get myself prepared here. I can't resist with the water bottle. Who was the guy? The Mark Rubio, right? Kind of did this kind of a thing. All right, because I know we've got the camera. We're online, at least from what I understand, that camera is sending me out to the masses here. So I want to thank the, the leadership here. I want to thank uh, just them for this opportunity for us to have this weekend. When I knew that this weekend was on the, getting put on the calendar, I was getting very excited. And so, you know, after last night and to be here again this morning, it's just fantastic. And so uh, we just appreciate um, their willingness to let our youth kind of be showcased and spotlighted here uh, this weekend. I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak and to, to preach and to teach here today. Uh, I just I give thanks to God that I'm up here to be able to um, stand here before all of you and to share his word and to share some, some thoughts that are in my heart here this morning. Um, we're in the Life of Faith series. Uh, Colossians 3.17 is kind of the foundation that we're standing on. So we stand on that and we kind of keep building and up and up and up and moving forward. Again, uh, that verse says this, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed. So that whole concept of throughout your life, like the entirety of life. We talked about work. We've talked about in the context of our marriages and things of that nature. Having that, that thread of faith running through all that we do in life. Now, for me, as far as my background, uh, my wife and I came to the Juliet area back in 2008. Um, in the fall of that year, I started attending Christian Life College and I graduated in the spring of 2010. We were both involved in ministry with youth, but it was just my wife and I. Uh, we had uh, a game changer come our way. It was uh, September 1st of 2011 that our first son, Henry Thomas, H.T., came into our lives. So that fall, you know, we're just relishing in that, and, you know, we're excited, we're terrified, we're a lot of things because we're for the first-time parents. And then in the fall of that year, we found out that my wife was pregnant again. She brought me the stick and said, look. I'm like, 
Are you sure? Do it again. <laughs> so July of last year, Eli, Michael, July 15th, came into our world. So in a year and a half, not one, but two boys. So now we're parents. I'm a dad. And the whatever you do part, we spend a lot of time caring for these boys. A lot of time. Every second that we're, um, we're living and breathing. So I was in youth ministry. I was not a father. Fast forward to now, back involving youth ministry as a father. Boy, I got a whole new perspective on this now. A whole new perspective. And because of that, I just want to share some thoughts. We're going to go into um, some of God's word here this morning, kind of hopefully dig up some things that um, will help us. And I read this, this quote, this statistic in a book called Think Orange. And it says this. The average church has about 40 hours in a given year to influence a life. The average parent has 3,000 hours per year to influence a life. Wow. The Barner Research Group, they did a study, and they found that close to 9 out of 10 parents of children that are 13, 85%, they believe that they have the primary responsibility for teaching their children about religious beliefs and spiritual matters. 85%, I'll take that. It's not 100. It's getting there. Related research, however, revealed that a majority of parents do not spend any time during the week discussing religious matters or studying religious materials with their kids. The data indicated that parents generally rely on the church to do all of the religious training for their kids. Parents are not so much unwilling to provide more substantive training to their kids. They're just ill-equipped to do the work. According to the research, parents typically have no plan for the spiritual development of their kids. They do not consider it a priority. They have little or no training in how to nurture a child's faith. And they have no related standards or goals that they are seeking to satisfy. And they experience no accountability for their efforts. The situation represents an opportunity for churches to prepare parents for a more significant role in the spiritual development of their kids. However, while churches offer classes and other programs for their kids, for the kids, they do relatively little to equip the parents to be spiritual guides. The survey found that only one out of every five parents of kids under 13, 19%, have ever personally contacted, have been personally contacted or spoken to by a church leader to discuss the parents' involvement in the spiritual life and development of their youngsters. We have a problem here. Hello? Houston, we have a problem. So, okay, in our family, there's a lack of spiritual training. The parents are relying on the church to do all this training, but the church is not doing much to equip the parents to guide their kids spiritually. You know, a really good definition of insanity is this. Keep doing the same things over and over again and expect different results. Keep that up. That's a great definition of insanity. What do we do? Because we have a problem. But I don't want to just spotlight the problem. We want to come up with some solutions. We want to encourage you. We want to go to God's word for encouragement. So we walk out here like, okay, we know what we need to do. We know what we need to change. We know what needs to happen. What I'd like us to do is look at a pivotal moment in the life of a nation. And we're just going to look at some of the words of a leader who realizes the importance of spiritual training, that nurturing of faith in the family. In the book of Deuteronomy, we see a man by the name of Moses, and he's about to, to hand off, if you will, leadership to a man named Joshua. And the Israelites are on this journey to the promised land. And Moses, in the first few chapters of this book, he's reminding the people of God's laws and that they need these laws. They need to abide by these laws now more than ever. And we see Moses he's sharing his heart here. This is not a man who's like, okay, Rule number one, rule number two, da 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 No, he's really trying to impress upon the people that God has a claim on them. God chose them first, 
And because of God's claim on them, there's some priorities that need to be in place if they're going to move forward in this journey and be successful. If you want to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, that's where we're going to kind of camp out today. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I'll be in verses 4 through 7. We should have those up on the screen if you don't have your Bible here with you today. But I encourage you to follow along with me from the, uh, the New Living Translation. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Starting at verse 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. There's enough right there to preach for a little while. (laughs) A couple things here about Moses. Number one, he was God's leader in communicating a strategy to God's people. Second, and we see it here in these verses, he challenges parents to leverage the family to nurture faith in their kids. Now, here's the, I'm realizing as I've been in youth ministry now for a while is this. The godly influence of the family is needed now more than ever. Amen. Can I get a couple more amens? Amen. Yes. Now more than ever. The godly influence in the family is, it's, it's needed. And Moses is, is teaching this truth to these people at such a pivotal time in the history of their nation. And I think this is a truth that we need to recognize more than ever in the history of this nation. The family has, has always been a part of God's design. Now, I'll admit, sometimes these genealogies you come across, I'm like, oh my goodness, why, why did they have to put all the names of these people in here? Like, I'm running out of like how to pronounce some of these names, but it's like, okay, Lord, you've got these families, you've got these genealogies listed for a reason. Family. Now, let's take a closer look here. We we get out the microscope here a little bit, the magnifying glass, um, back in verses 4 through 6 here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, verse 4 is often referred to as the Shema. It's the the initial word, Hebrew word for the the word here, meaning here. Listen, O Israel. And in Mark 12, 30, in the New Testament, you know, Jesus refers to this same verse, this same principle, because Jesus was asked, What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus quotes this very same statement, the same command, adding, of course, to it in Mark 12, 30, and love your neighbor as yourself. But first off, listen. The Lord is your God, the Lord alone. And then in verse 7, we get this teaching from Moses to his people. Repeat these things again and again to your children, Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Uh, Some of the other translations for that verse read as this. You might see the phrase, impress them upon your children in other translations. Um, Another translation says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And, And I like that idea of being diligent. You keep at it. You keep at it. It's not a negotiable thing. You're diligent in this teaching of God's truth to your kids. We stay diligent in teaching his truth to our young people. That's, that's, a, that's a principle, and that's a thing we don't pull out of the mix. We keep it. We keep that in there. I can guarantee you this. If we are not diligent in teaching his truth to our kids, I can guarantee you the world out there is diligent, right? Right? The world does not let up when it comes to our youth. They are diligent in teaching and preaching to them their version of truth. Whether it's the media, I mean, the media, books, print, television, social networking, social media, the internet, movies, television, the list goes on and on and on and on. There's diligent teaching going on out there. 
And the world says, well, if you're not going to do your job, we'll do ours. We'll, we'll teach them our truth. Moses is teaching the people here that if you're going to impress these truths into the hearts of your kids, you have to be deliberate about creating a rhythm. Like a rhythm in your home. So it's like, I didn't think I'd have to hold a microphone. Man, I was going to play a beat. But it's like, that rhythm. You create that in your home. You keep it steady. You don't let up. Because if you don't keep that rhythm, life on any given day is going to put all kinds of things in front of you to distract you from that, to keep that rhythm from happening. Life is going to throw something at you. It might be a small, it might be a huge thing, but it's going to get put in front of you, and you're kind of trying to create that rhythm, and then it's like, oh. Moses says, as we move forward as a nation, there's going to be things put in front of you and your family that are going to distract you from what God desires for us as a nation for the sake of our kids and nurturing that faith in their lives. You talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you go to bed, and when you get up. There's this rhythm that's going on here. Now, I've been playing drums for actually quite a few years now. And when I first started to play, I thought I was the biggest deal in the world. I'd be in my mom and dad's basement just slamming away. Friends would be coming over. Dude, you got drums? I could hear you cross the street. And then eventually I got into a band, and we're jamming out, and it was kind of fun. We thought we were a big deal. And then our lead singer said, you know what? I want us to play to a metronome. I want us to have a click track. I was like, what's a click track? What's a metronome? He's like, basically, you're going to hear like this, this tone in your ears. And depending on the song, it might be kind of slow because we want the song to be a certain beat, or it might be a little bit medium, or it might be pretty fast. So this, this, this click track dictates how fast the song is played. So as a drummer, I have to be on that beat. I have to stay on it. If I'm not on the beat, I throw off the rest of the band, and we got, we got issues. So we started using this click track. It was, I'll tell you, it was awful. It was awful because we were like, we're so not on time, and they're getting mad at me, and I'm getting mad at all the guys. I was like, this stupid metronome in our ears, it's just, it's not good. It's not helping us be better at what we're doing. It's, it's really screwing up our songs. But it's like, no, we got to keep trying. We got to keep trying. We got to keep that. We got to stay on beat. We got to keep that rhythm going. Okay, so drummer, you got to be on that beat. You're guiding the train. You're driving the bus. Everyone else gets on there with you. The consequences of us not being on beat and in rhythm as a band are one thing. The spiritual consequences for us, when we don't have that rhythm in our families, are even bigger. And you see it. You see it in the youth culture right now. You see it in the, the, the stories that make the news dominated by young people for what they have done. And unfortunately, the, the news likes to put that right up front in the first five minutes. Now, I know there are tons of youth who are doing amazing things for the glory of God. Amen. Rhythm. Keeping that rhythm going when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you go to bed, and when you get up. Because if there's no rhythm, sometimes our youth and their relationship with God kind of gets pushed to the margins. And it's just maybe a particular day of the week that God's important to them. You know, or a certain event that they're going to. And then God gets put into like a category. So God's not really a part of life through and through. God's just in little compartments of their lives, here and there. And Moses' fear for the people when this rhythm's not happening, when it's not created on a daily basis, is, is basically the fact that God becomes someone who's just a small part of life. He's not a part of everyday life. And again, this is a nation of people about to journey and move forward into a new place, a new situation. It was critical that they keep this rhythm going. Here's the tension that I see right now in terms of youth ministry. 
And again, we want to work through this, though. Here's, here's the tension that I see. If within the family there is the assumption, intentional or not, that it is the church's responsibility to spiritually nurture their kids, we have an unhealthy dependence. And what happens is, and I, I've seen this, you have this drop-off mentality where kids are coming, like maybe on a Wednesday night here and other things I've been involved in, the kids are getting dropped off by mom and dad, but, but mom and dad aren't a part of anything else that's going on in the church. So the kids are dropped off because coming here and hearing about God and hearing about Jesus, that, that's a good thing. I want that for my, mom, my kid. They're probably going to hear songs that are better songs than what I know they listen to at home. They're not going to be able to be on Facebook for a couple hours. That's a blessing, you know. And so it's like, I'm going to bring him or her here. What time do you get done? Okay, then I'll come back and get him. So would you fix my kid? The thing is, that's not a lot of time for us in youth ministry to fix someone. And then they leave here and go home to a situation that is fragmented, that is dysfunctional, is all get out. And there's no nurturing in, home, in their homes. There's no nurturing. You know, we have a couple hours a week on average. Some of our leaders are with the students outside of Wednesday nights. Again, parents, you win this battle. You win all the time. 3,000 hours per year to influence a life. The church gets 40 hours average. You win. Congratulations. That's awesome. All right? That's an awesome thing. Sometimes in the church world, we're trying to do our 3,000 hours per year, thinking that we have that. We're spending more time in the church through the week thinking that it's always up to us to spiritually nurture the kids when really we only get 40 hours on average. Crazy. Now, as a youth pastor, just to kind of conclude, here's what's driving me right now. Here's kind of my passions. My desire is to teach the word of God to our teens because that's ultimately, as they encounter that truth, that is what's going to change them. The Holy Spirit and God's word, they come together and there's a heart change. Something happens on the inside, and it starts to affect how they live. Secondly, I want to equip our youth to be able to model 1 Peter 3.15. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Yeah, so my desire is to be working on those two keys— my desire is not to become your kid's parent. That's not my responsibility. That is not biblical. I have two boys now who in coming years, my wife and I have the responsibility. I could see the little man right there. There's a little Eli. Oh, he's the one that's making the noise. Awesome. Okay. I was like, I wonder if that's my kid. But um, I mean, yeah, right there. It's like, we have to, my wife and I have to be on this. Like, there has to be this rhythm. You know, we have to be diligent. I can't rely on the church to do all that. I want to come alongside you guys as families and work with you and do this together. It's very cool here. If you look at verse 20, we'll put up verse 20 real quick in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, in the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? That's so cool. The children in the future are going to start asking you questions because as you're diligent in this, as you're creating rhythm, they're going to be like, why do we do this? What's the meaning of this? Mom, dad, why is this important to you? Why are you reading this? What do you call that? Okay, the Bible. What, what is such a big deal about this book? Mom, Dad, what got you through that really rough time? The kids will ask the parents questions. Then you have an amazing opportunity in front of you because then you get to share your story about how God has done something in your life. You get to respond to their curiosity, and it's going to come up. Like, you're going to get those questions. They're going to want to know the meaning and the reason why God has talked about in your home, why we go to church, why we're about those things.
to, to conclude, I, I just want to encourage everyone here, as parents, as adults, if in any way, shape, or form, you are an influencer over a young person, you know, God has put you in that role for a specific reason. Man, that is awesome. You run with that. Let God use you. Be diligent in nurturing that faith of God's truth in the life of your kids or a young person that God's allowing you to mentor and and influence right now. Create that rhythm. Keep that rhythm going. There's going to be things that get thrown at you to kind of throw you off. That's life. It's reality. But keep that rhythm going so that God is a part of everything in life, not just segments. As a youth pastor, my desire is to work together with you as families. I want to lock arms with our families and move forward with you. I don't want our youth ministry to be on this island over here that just kind of floats and we do our thing. I really want to be proactive about getting to know you guys and your stories as families, as parents, as adults who are influencing young people. Because I want what you want. I want to see them be used by the Lord. I want to see God use their lives for his purposes. I want to work with you. I want to work. I don't want to be a stranger to you. I want us to be able to talk and communicate and work together. And, you know, if you've been diligent in this, you, if you have this rhythm, thank you. That's awesome. Keep it going. Keep it going. If you haven't started yet, it's okay. You woke up this morning, right? You're here? Start today. Start today. If you're like, well, I'm not a parent. I don't have any young people I'm around. We have something called Ascension Convention coming up, March 28th through 30th. It costs, it's going to cost our kids $135 to go. That's the bottom line, 135 bucks. Someone here today can write that check to sponsor a kid. Someone here can write two checks and sponsor two kids. You can nurture the faith of a young person today by giving in that way. You can go to our spaghetti lunch. You can support and nurture the faith in our young people that way to guarantee that any kid who wants to go to Ascension is going to be there. You can come on a Wednesday night and be in our discussion groups and work with our youth to nurture, to teach diligently God's truth, and to create that rhythm in the lives of our young people. Thank you for doing that work. If you haven't started yet, today could be the day to get it started. Talk with me. Let's communicate and talk about ways we can work together with families and youth ministry to see this happen. And then we'll see what God will do with that. And that gets me excited. That gets me excited. Father, I pray for the parents here today. Help them to be diligent, to model what Moses commanded the people to do, to teach the children your truth. And to have a rhythm that keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. So, God, I just thank you for our families who are modeling that. Continue, Lord, to assure them that this is, this is a good thing. It's a worthy work to be doing each and every day. And maybe some here need help on getting started with that, Lord. Help us as a church to come alongside our families and to connect with people who want to influence young, young adults and youth in that. Help us to find ways as a church, Lord, to lock arms, to be diligent, and to create this rhythm, Lord. Father, help us in this effort. Help us to move forward for the sake of our young people and this generation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What a, what a good and challenging word this morning, and, and I want to say thank you to uh, uh, Mike and his team, and uh, they are doing a great job, and I just echo what he said, is that God's placed our children in our life, and, and you may say, well, I've never done anything before. It is not too late to start now with your children, with your grandchildren. It begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's just sharing that with, uh, with your family, with your kids, and if you ever need any help with that, 
that's why Mike is here, or I'm here, or the other pastors are here, in any way that we can. And if you want to begin that relationship with Jesus today, you can come down, just grab a packet down here. It's got a Bible, some things in there for you. Keep coming back, keep learning about God so that you can uh, share him with your children, with your grandchildren, and, and for, for future generations. We're going to do something now in our service that we rarely do at Christian Life, and it's actually a very special and, and sacred moment, is we're going to set Mike aside for ministry in a licensing service. This is kind of a path toward ordination, and it's recognizing the call of God on Mike's life. And I want to tell you, I can't, I, I am so appreciative of Mark's heart, his, Mike, Mike's art, his attitude, his, just everything that he's brought uh, to our church and to our, our young people. And, and so we're going to pray over him, and I'm going to invite the pastors to join me here, and they're going to read a scripture before we pray. Um, but, but we've known Mike since he was in college here, and uh, even before that involved in ministry, and, and we've seen God's hand upon his life. And uh, so we want to just recognize that today with a prayer. And uh, just, uh, I'm excited for uh, him at this time. Uh, Christina, you don't get to take pictures. You have to be up here, too, for prayer time. So, uh, but, uh, but before that, oh, there we go, hand off the camera. And uh, Pastor Fred, why don't you just uh, read a scripture and a thought, and Pastor Merrill, and then we'll pray. This is uh, from Peter's first letter, chapter 4, verse 10. He says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I thank God for Mike. I think he's, he was brought to us by the Lord and uh, I appreciate his teachable spirit. Uh, I have the opportunity to meet with him on a weekly basis and just talk about all the fun things that are involved in youth ministry. I praise God that he is there and I am not. Um, I've been there, done that, so I will never have to do community service, ever. And so uh, I thank the Lord for that. But uh, one of the things I appreciate about Mike is that he understands the difference between speaking about God and speaking for God. And so uh, I just challenge you, Mike, now as you uh, join the, the gang of licensed and ordained ministers, um, we welcome you to that pretty amazing group of people, men and women, around the world, and uh, encourage you to uh, don't ever talk about God. Make sure that you get a message from his heart and you share that with the heart of your listeners so that you're able to speak for God in every situation. And uh, welcome. God bless you. I appreciate you very much as a brother in Christ and now as a fellow minister. And uh, thank God you're here. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'd like to uh, continue the reading from, uh, this morning from 1 Timothy 4, 11 to 16. Because Timothy, as you know, was a young man equipped and mentored by the Apostle Paul. And uh, Paul here is writing these words back to a young man who is beginning in, in ministry. And uh, not that Timothy was a novice or just beginning or not prepared. Chapter 1 of 1 Timothy says he had known the scriptures from a child on up. He had been prepared. But Paul's writing these words to Timothy, which is fitting him for ministry, just as we today are, are giving these words for, for Michael, who has begun this ministry here at Christian Life. Now, therefore, we're reading from 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse 10, where it says, Our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of people, and particularly for all believers. Michael, these things teach and insist that everyone learn them. Do not let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all the believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your faith, in your purity, uh, focus on reading the scripture to the church and encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the gift that you've received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you to give you complete attention to these matters. 
throw yourself into the task so that everyone will see your progress. Amen. All right, Christina up, and, and uh, we're just going to lay hands on, on them as uh, they have just uh, shown a call of God in their life. And I'm going to ask you to stand with us uh, this morning. And so uh, we'll just uh, uh, stand behind them and pray. And uh, Pastor, why don't you just begin, and we'll just pass the mic down and, and just pray a, a prayer of blessing of their ministry. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we serve you. Lord, we get to minister to people, but ultimately we serve you. And so, Father, I thank you that Mike and Christina are here today. And, Father, that we have this amazing privilege of recognizing them now publicly as ministers of yours. So, Father, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would be something that he would long for, that he would enjoy, that it would empower him, and that, Father, there would be absolutely, positively no weapon formed against him that would ever prosper and that you would bless his wife, Christina, the boys. We thank you, God, for this family and for the ministry that is yet to come in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, we pray that there will be a special anointing beginning this morning. You've anointed him and called him and brought him to this place. You've directed his path to where he is at Christian life. I pray, Lord, for a new quickening of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, even we've sensed it on his life. Felt called to be here. Pray that there shall be that touch of God that shall minister through him to touch the lives. He might support what's being done in the home, but Lord, may we take them beyond, the young people beyond where they would have been without his ministry. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest afresh upon his mind, upon his soul, upon his words. Lord, may he have the authority. Even if we read about Paul talking with Timothy that no one would despise his beginning in ministry. Lord, I pray that, that every young person would receive every word that comes from him, every action. And for all the team that's backing him, I pray for there will be just a great anointing upon this ministry. And thank you for sending him to our church. May you bring forth much fruit that will last for eternity. Amen. Today we gather as a church, and just as they did in the book of Acts, we lay our hands on Mike, and uh, God, we just uh, set him aside for the call that you've placed on his life. Lord, this isn't something that, that he's desired. God, it's something that you've done, and so Lord, I pray that you give him a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would be at work in his heart and in his life. Lord, we pray for his family as well. I can't get away from just meditating, thinking on Psalm 139, that, that he is fearfully and wonderfully made. God, that you have chosen him, that you have set him aside before he was ever thinking about you. You had your hand on his life and on Christina's life and on their family for this moment, God. And so, Lord, we set them aside for that pastoral call that we see in his heart, whether it be for young people all the way through parents and grandparents. God, we thank you. And we bless them today. We recognize it with the laying on of hands as the church. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Congratulations. We have a... And, uh... You may be seated for just a moment. We have a certificate uh, here to certify that Michael W. Bell has given evidence to a divine call to the ministry, is hereby given license to preach and perform all the duties essential to the work of the ministry of the gospel given this 24th day of February, 2013, signed by the pastors. There you go. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. We're, we're actually... Um, we're going to let, let Mike and his team and all the young people get a head start here at this time because uh, they've got to go get everything ready. Oh, you need to get your stuff here? There you go. <laughs> They're going to go ahead and go. They're going to get lunch ready for us. Isn't that nice? They're going to get lunch ready for us. And, and you, can, you can step out of here in just a moment. 
and we're going to have spaghetti lunch. It costs $5 per person, 20 for a family that's, that's bigger than that. And, uh, and then there's baskets on the table. Be generous because every single bit that is raised today goes to help send kids to the Ascension Convention. And we as a church aren't going to say no to anybody. So be generous. And, uh, and thanks for doing that. Also, our kids' pantry that is reaching out to the community and uh, doing amazing things in, in so many lives in need in our area. They're having a bake sale today. Also, there is a, uh, you can go and, and look at furniture out there uh, as well that was donated to the kids' pantry that they really can't use, so they're having a silent auction to help raise money for the ministry. So again, all of that goes toward, uh, toward that. I just want to show you, because I need to give the kids just a, a minute to get ready uh, and, and just go, you can go straight to the gym when we're done and have lunch, and I hope everybody comes. If you can't come and would like to make a donation, you can do that just outside the gym as well. But before we go, can I just look at something in your bulletin real quickly here? There's a, a wide variety of ways that we can be generous, and, and, uh, uh, and some other ways are, are inside your bulletin, whether it be uh, helping out at Easter or for our prison ministry in the Easter basket. So many different things inside of our bulletin. Please take a look at all of them. But there's a handout in there. It's kind of an orangish handout, and then also a, a, a white uh, piece of paper that you can fill out to be a part of uh, the Ascension Convention, and then a beige uh, supplies needed for the Ascension Convention on the back of uh, the calendar that you see in, in your bulletin. But, but today, I just want to tell you about the Ascension Convention. Maybe, maybe you know everything about it. Maybe you know nothing about it. But for 28 years as a church, we have teamed with Christian Life College to help host the Ascension Convention. It began actually here in the gym 28 years ago. And God's blessed it over the years. It's touched so many lives. And uh, we still get reports back every year of, of somebody's life that's been touched. Tens of thousands of students over those years have been touched by God in amazing ways. Uh, Joe Kessler, who spoke at Ascension and now is, has a career in comedy, he actually wrote and, and produced the, the little vignette we watched last weekend on marriage. And Joe travels the country and does different things. And so uh, he, he writes to me whenever he hears, like, a connection with the Ascension Convention. He was recently uh, eating out, and uh, the source says, hey, you're Joe, aren't you? And he thought, well, maybe he recognized me from a comedy show. She goes, he goes, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I remember you. You spoke at the Ascension Convention. And my life was changed. And, and we just hear that year after year after year of lives being changed. And God's blessed it, and it's grown, and it's just too big to do without you. And so we need your help. And inside that um, uh, orange sheet, there's just all these different ways that you can be a part of the convention. The convention is going to be outstanding this year. We have Nick Nilsson coming to speak. He's actually from Rockford. He grew up at First Assembly there, was part of the Master's Commission there. And, and through the years, God has blessed him. He is now the youth pastor at Lakewood Church, which is where Joel Olstein is the pastor. I don't know if you've ever seen Joel Olstein on Sunday morning on TV with all those people in his church. When Nick preaches to the young people on Sunday night, that place is full of young people. God has blessed them with a tremendous gift of communication, and he's going to be there speaking, and he is just outstanding, spirit-filled young man. And so Nick is going to be with us before morning, is leading worship, which they have been just fantastic the past several years. Also some surprises maybe on the horizon, but also uh, Ray McElroy, the Bears chaplain, who's spoken at Ascension before into our men's ministry. He's very gifted in speaking to young people, and God has used him as a professional football player and uh, now is the chaplain of the Bears, and so he's going to be there as well. It's a great lineup. It's going to be uh, just out of this world. We have churches coming from all over the Midwest, and again, we need your help. If you can help with any of these things, whether it be monitoring uh, or working at the college booth, helping to sell things, maybe security, set up, tear down, you can read about all of these, and you can sign up and be a part of, uh, of that, and we'd really like you to begin to start signing up today because it's really it's getting quite close. And so Steve and Melanie are exiting right now, and they're going to be at the Ascension table to answer any questions that you have. But uh, there's also things that you can bring. If you can help us with some of the supplies, you can see what those supplies are and sign up to bring those. And again, you can do that right outside. If you want to stay at the hotel, that's even better because then you get to be a part of the entire experience. But, but uh, there's so many wonderful things happening at the Ascension Convention this year. We need you there. Our young people need you there. There's young people from across the Midwest from many different churches, and, and we need to be there to help. And uh, God always does amazing things year in, year out. 
and, uh, and God chooses to use us as a church to be a part of it, and, and what a privilege that is. So if you have any questions about that, Steve and Melanie will be at the table to answer your questions. Also, I'll also be around out at the, the lunch and, and in the lobby so I can help you as well uh, if you have any questions about the Ascension Convention. Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord? And I think they're ready for lunch, so don't go home without having lunch here. Uh, you, you'll love it. And we have plenty of seats. We, we've set up extra seats. We are packed in there. So go ahead and, and grab some lunch. If you have to run and like to make a donation, you can do that as well just outside the gym. Uh, but today, let's receive the blessing of the Lord as it comes upon us, upon our teenagers, upon our children. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that rests upon generation after generation after generation. First given by Moses and Aaron to the people that called you God. And now today, we are those people that call you our God. And Lord, you are not only our God, but the God of our children and our grandchildren. And so, Lord, we will serve you, we will share you, and God, we will love you with all of our life. Lord, I thank you for our young people. And God, I pray that they would have hearts after you, And uh, God, again today, uh, as we celebrate with lunch, may we draw closer together and closer to you. And God, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again and worship you as the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's have some lunch, and then I'll see you Wednesday night at prayer meeting. God bless you.